I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? And welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast. Hope you're feeling alive. I'm Josiah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to the Young Adults Today podcast. Here today with my wife, Micah Keneally, co-host, swipping, uh, flipping seats, switching spots on the intro. And Micah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. We're doing a break from the normal flow of episodes and doing a special episode today. Very special day, very special guest in the house. Micah, do you want to introduce them? I would love to. Yeah. So first of all, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is a special edition that we've been able to team up with one of our favorite people, one of our dear friends, and hopefully somebody that you will get to know through his journey, through his story, and through what God is doing in his ministry. So his name is Micah. Pastor Micah McDonald is a traveling evangelist and the founder of Mac Ministries. Together with his wife, Steph, the McDonald's travel the nation, preaching the gospel to thousands annually and also leading worship. They serve on the staff of Zoe Church near Minneapolis, Minnesota as staff of evangelists and mm -hmm. Steph is also the leader of worship there. So today is a very special day. It's a very special guest that we have and Josiah, I'm just going to have you kick us off. But Micah, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I am a subscriber of this podcast. I listen to nearly every episode, and I can't believe that you asked me to be on today. So I am feeling great, and I'm honored uh, to be your friends, but also a guest on your podcast. Thank you so much. For sure. <clears throat> Micah, thanks for spending time with us, with our audience. And today's a very special day. We won't ruin that surprise. We're going to leave everyone hanging and tell them why later in the episode. So on a busy day, on a special day, thanks for taking time with us. And I'll just kick it off. Micah, we need to hear and learn about you. Um, can you just start with some of your story, your background, maybe some journey of life, faith, family, ministry, and leadership with us and our audience today? Yeah, no, definitely. I grew up in a Christian home with two amazing parents. And um, however, our journey wasn't a typical, maybe Christian home type experience journey. When I hit the teenage years, there was a lot of brokenness that hit my family. And um, how many of you know that when you're in middle school, it's one of the most impressionable times of your life, other than being a young adult, really, literally. And all of this drama uh, hit my family in middle school. And um, some of the most formative years of my life um, were smack dab in the middle of, of filled with trauma. A lot of traumatic events uh, I endured through my life, which led me to a church at the age of 13 years old. The best thing a single mom ever did was she reached out to a friend and said, where's the best church I can take my kids to? The church that was recommended was Cedar Valley Church in Bloomington. I ended up there as a 13-year-old. Long story short, God used the people of Cedar Valley. Uh, I had some powerful encounters being in the youth group in the church to where I ended up serving as a youth leader. And then I had the lead pastor pull me aside one day. He said he wanted to have a meeting with me. And whenever the lead pastor of a church wants to have a meeting with you, it's usually like you start to be filled with fear. Like, what did I do wrong? What's, what's what, office. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, what sin does he know about in my life that he wants to talk to me about? 
Because he knows the Lord. <laughs> exactly. I was shaken, scared, freaked out. And this is a large church. And he wants to have a meeting with a youth leader, a volunteer youth leader, a one-on-one -on -one meeting. I was freaked out. And he pulled me aside and he just said, Micah, we see a call of God on your life. We want to pay for all of your school. What school do you want to go to? This is when I was about 20 years old. And I thought I was going to go overseas as a missionary. And God shut the door there and opened up a door to go to school full time. So this church paid for my school. This church was a church that helped disciple me, uh, was a big resource for me in my life. And um, after I graduated from school, he said, we'll help you go wherever you want to go. I just felt like I was supposed to stay put. And I stayed put uh, to serve as an intern at Cedar Valley. And a year after serving, after graduating college, he uh, took me to Dairy Queen, my pastor did, and said, hey, we want to offer you a full-time position on staff at our church. And so my journeys led me to be a full-time youth pastor for five years at Cedar Valley. And then to our current responsibility, which is traveling on the road full-time as an evangelist over the last three years, starting Mac Ministries. Three years this past September is what it was. And uh, it's been one amazing ride following Jesus through the trauma to even the mountaintops of getting to do what we get to do now. Micah, that's simply incredible. And I just think back, our paths crossed when I was finishing up high school. I was a part of the youth group. You were interning, you were leading, you were preaching a lot. And uh, first memory of our friendship, remember going to Belize in 2010 on a missions trip? And you were Paul and I was Barnabas. Yes. <laughs> Those were our nicknames. And then uh, I think uh, shortly after that, a few months, I started going to North Central and I show up and you're at chapel. And then we would go eat at Dinky Town. The U of M campus. What's your favorite Dinky Town maybe restaurant? If you could eat anywhere uh, at lunch. Yeah. It's got to be Annie's Parlor or our go-to restaurant, Shuang Chang, with the sesame chicken, white rice, and cheese wontons. It was like sesame chicken meal for like seven bucks. It was a steal every time. Lunch special. <laughs> praise the Lord. And yes, like back then, I just think of what a fun season it was. Like I grew up at Cedar Valley. You and I met cross paths at Cedar Valley. I met my wife, Micah, mm -hmm. at Cedar Valley. And then we got to be on staff together. Talk about that season just for a second. You know, looking back over the years, um, it was a highlight and a joy to be on staff with a seasoned ministry leader like Jerry Strandquist, who'd seen so many different things. Yeah. But then not only to be on your staff under Pastor Jerry, but then to be on staff with your best friends. You literally could not ask for a more amazing start to a ministry journey in following Jesus of serving under a great leader, because who you serve under is huge. It sets the trajectory of how ministry goes in your future. So having that was amazing. But then to do ministry alongside you, Josiah, and Micah, as Micah was an intern for a little while in the youth, and then to be able to have Brent, one of our other great friends, it was just a joy and something I'll treasure uh, for a long, long time. That's so much fun. I remember meeting you, Micah, uh, the very first time I walked into Cedar Valley. I was in a season of praying. I went to North Central just like you had been. And I was later in my 20s, but I felt God call me into ministry. And I walked into Cedar Valley Church. And I'm like, Lord, show me where to sit. So show me what section to sit in. Show me what service to go to. And you and Josiah were the very first two people that I met. And you come up to me first, I believe. And you're like, 
my, no way, my name's Micah. Are you Micah? Like, are you the Micah? And I go, I don't know who you talk to or who you think the Micah is, but I know that my name is Micah. And it was just like a funny conversation to first meet you because your heart for people, your heart to connect with them, connect their heart to Christ. And I remember that was the very first Sunday that I walked through the door of any church in Minnesota as I first moved here as a student. But also you guys were doing the packing of the boxes for, um, uh, what's it called? Operation Christmas, Operation, Christmas, yeah. Christmas Child. Operation Christmas Child, yeah. <laughs> and it was so much fun to do that uh, project with you and with Josiah the very first time that I met and knew that God had the calling of ministry on your life, just as meeting you as a pastor, but also your wife was leading worship the day that I walked in there. And I was like, the Holy Spirit is here. Presence of God is here. God is moving. Worship is incredible. The people are amazing and God is doing some amazing things. And we know, Micah, that God has been doing some amazing things in your life, in your family, in your ministry. Right. Can you just share with the audience, like, why do you do what you do? Like, just give us a glimpse of like that ultimate calling of like here's why I do what I do yeah the reason why I do what I do is I can actually resonate similarly to what the apostle Paul would say the apostle Paul talks about his whole motivation for why he did any ministry goes all the way back to being compelled by the love of Jesus and the whole reason why I do what I do is simply that God's love found me in one of the most vulnerable and broken places of my life. And because of the great love that I've freely been given, been shown, I can't help but wake up with a purpose to my day, a missional heart, a missional mindset, all because the love of Jesus fills my mind, heals my heart, and compels me to do the same towards other people. And so ministry comes and goes. What we do will come and go, but the love of Jesus is forever constant right now in my life, but will continue on even when the ministry stops and I'm not able to minister anymore. The love of Jesus will still continue to be my greatest reward and the greatest joy was just knowing and being with him. I think it's a great promise and reminder for any listener today. If you're totally. a pastor, if you're yep. a missionary, if you are just a volunteer coming alongside the vision of another pastor, or maybe you're still discovering what God may have for you. I think that's a beautiful analogy or illustration of the love of Christ and how we can choose to love and be loved while we're on this earth. And Micah, sometimes we have people who are listening and tuning in, they will ask Josiah and I like, not why do you do what you do, but how do you do ministry together as a married couple? How do you lead a ministry together? And, and what does that look like? And I guess our question for you is someone who travels on the road a lot and you're traveling the U.S., you're traveling the nation, traveling the world. How have you navigated the family life as well as the calling? Because that's a constant tension that everybody has to battle if you're called to ministry. How have you been able to manage and maintain and navigate those waters and probably continue to navigate those waters as time goes on? That's a great question, Micah. And one of the things that comes to mind is one, give grace to yourself and two, give grace to your family and your spouse. And I would say every season of ministry has looked different within the confines of our marriage and our family. 
Some seasons it might mean Steph stays home with the kids and there's grace for Steph staying home. Some seasons it's the kids and Steph, they come with me on the road and there's grace for that. Some seasons you get the sense and kind of a discerning heart that my kids, man, they're missing me. You can tell and they need that. And so I would say there's not necessarily a formula. It's more so knowing that the Holy Spirit, we walk in step with him. And the Holy Spirit's really good about nudging us, prompting us, giving us insight how to love our family. But if I could narrow everything down to one principle, I would say this. No one should be praying for my wife and my covenant with her more than me. Wow. That's no one should be. And something that I do every day is I pray, God, would you protect my covenant with my wife? Mm-hmm. May no weapon form against us. May no weapon prosper. May no man come in between us. May no woman come in between us. May no lie come in between us. God, protect our marriage. Protect our covenant. And that's the beauty of it, is it's a covenant. And because it's a covenant, the enemy hates it. He mm-hmm. hates covenantal relationship because God established covenants and literally destroyed the enemy through a covenant through his son, Jesus. So I protect that. I steward that. I'm not perfect. I'm not always right. But one thing I can go back to and attribute it to is no matter what season of ministry, it comes down to praying for my wife, praying favor and blessing upon her, praying a protection over our marriage and um, over the covenant that God's established for us. And so I know my wife and I can go anywhere near and far around the world and we will have a hedge of protection around us because of submitting ourselves to the Lord, loving one another out of, out of reverence for Christ, humbling ourselves, and um, uh, attempting to try our best to listen to one another, support each other, and um, stay connected in the journey. That's amazing. What I hear you saying, Micah, is like Christ is at the center of it all. He comes first. Mm-hmm. And then actually the covenant. There's not many covenants we have. We have, you know, maybe contracts with a cell phone company, cable bills, stuff like that, but not, not covenants. And so the covenant comes, you know, first with Christ, second with the covenant of marriage. And then calling can come out of that. It can flow out of those two things, but prioritizing those two is, mm-hmm. is huge. That's amazing. Like, and here's the thing today is a special day for many reasons. It's October 13th. And, um, Micah is, as we said, a friend of ours, staff evangelist traveling the world, but he's also the author of a brand new book. I'm holding it here called Let's Go Life, which by the way is brand new today is the book launch day release date to the world. And it's already a best-selling book, which is crazy. It's incredible. And so Micah, let's talk about your book for a little bit, Death to Life. And can you start by just answering the question, what sparked the decision? What prompted you? What compelled you maybe to write this book? There are several things that compel me to write this book. So many things along the journey and way that God used to get me what, by writing this book. And one of those was a compelling, just a prompting I felt in my heart from him. And uh, the second thing I would say is um, President Scott Hagen. He's the president of North Central University. I ran into him at a banquet one night, and he asked me a question. He said, Micah, do you write? And I said, no, I don't really write. He said, you need to write. And that was kind of all he said, and then kind of walked away. And I was like, 
I'm going to take that to heart because he's a respected leader. I truly value his input. So I began writing blogs, different things like that. And this book came as a result of God's faithfulness of literally bringing me from death to life. And the reason why I titled it Death to Life was because of uh, the upbringing I had, the story I literally lived out, and some of the details I didn't share with you here on this podcast, but some of the traumatic, scary, and near-death things that entered into my home and entered into my family, I literally got to watch the life that Christ brought in the middle of death. And I partner this book with, yes, some of my story, but I keep an emphasis on the text of Lazarus and the story of Lazarus. There's so much there in John chapter 11 that we can learn about the character of Christ. And my goal and my hope is that people wouldn't give up on following Jesus, but that they would hang on long enough to watch Jesus get a whole lot of glory from their life. So many of us quit and throw in the towel before we watch God show up and do the miracle in his timing. If we would just recognize of not growing weary, but staying in the race, you will watch God get a whole lot of glory from your life because ultimately our lives are not about us. Even though there's some very hard things we endure, ultimately our lives are about the glory of God. And I hope when I'm 80 years old, I get to tell more stories of God's faithfulness, more stories of his life and his glory that I've been able to experience and witness in my journey in following him. That is such an amazing story. So thank you for sharing your book, your life, your story with us as friends, but also to the listener, to the reader, and from a stage and a platform that Mm -hmm. God is um, taking you on. And Micah, we know that you and your life has been an example of death to life. Would you also share maybe a situation that looked dead and you were able to watch that come to life? Maybe it's a youth or young adult or a personal experience that you could just give us a glimpse of what that means and looks like. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share one of the aspects of the book that I write about. And one of those things is at the age of 12 to 13, I watched one of the heroes of my life, my dad, divorce my mom and, and leave our family. It left me being the oldest in my home. I'm the oldest of three younger sisters. And a year after the divorce, my younger sister, who's eight, gets diagnosed with stage four cancer. I literally just watched my dad leave our home and leave our family, say he's never going to step foot inside a church again, to questioning where God is, to now moving to hearing the news that my eight-year-old sister was given a 20% chance to live. I'm sorry, but like I've experienced the news of death. I've experienced cancer mm-hmm. uh, diagnoses. I've, experienced, I've watched these things play out in my home. And where I've watched God show up and move from death to life was watching my sister uh, being healed of her stage four cancer and the doctors calling her the miracle child at the hospital. She was at the U of M Children's Hospital. And I don't know why every child on her floor died except for her. I can't give you the reason because you know what? Those families were praying for a miracle too, I'm sure. Those parents didn't want to lose a loved one or a child too. But I don't always understand God, but one thing I do know for sure is his character is that of a resurrecting God. He didn't let his son stay dead in the grave. He resurrected his only son three days later. You can't find his body anywhere. And because that body has been resurrected, I've watched that resurrection power move my family from death to life. And I've watched it now move into 
other families, other students, other people we get to minister into. This is why I'm so passionate about Jesus, because I literally watch him transform people right before my eyes from moving them from death to life. So that's one of the instances that comes to mind of just some of the things that I've seen and witnessed with my own two eyes. And by the way, I didn't get to say this yet, but thank you so much for letting people know about this book. And thank you so much for making a special edition uh, for your podcast to, to be a help and a blessing to our family. Of course. Absolutely. It's our, it's our pleasure. <laughs> Count on it. Count on it. You know, for sure. Like, yeah, I, I look at like what you, what you talked about with the first question on the book is just John 11 and Lazarus. And it's kind of this precursor story where Lazarus was dead, dead for a few days. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus calls his name and he comes out of the grave, comes out of the tomb. And that's kind of this precursor to the cross and the tomb and the grave of then Jesus conquers death, hell, the grave, he's resurrected. Mm -hmm. And then your family, your experiences, your life was one of watching death move to life. And this is off script here, but leaning back into the script, what would you tell someone listening in today who is experiencing a storm in the middle of a struggle right now? Maybe it feels like they're going through hell on earth. They're having a a near-death experience. They're it looks hopeless. What would you say to that person and that individual right now? I would just remind you of a promise that God tells you and I. He says that he is close to the broken hearted. Some of the most powerful experiences I've ever had with God in my entire life always tie back to my own brokenness and my own experiences of pain on earth. Psalm 51 says a broken and contrite heart God cannot despise. And I just want you to know something if you're listening right now. God is actually more near to you than he is far. And brokenness is something that it draws his heart to you. You know, one of the things shepherds would do back in the Old Testament is anytime a sheep was injured or broken, they would hold the sheep to the chest of the shepherd the shepherd would begin to carry the sheep close to his chest. And as the sheep would be near the chest, it would feel and sense the heartbeat of the shepherd. So much so that the sheep would begin to understand and hear the voice of the shepherd even better. In your most broken moments, in your places of wanting to give up, just know this might be the time in your life where his voice possibly is the loudest, where you begin to hear his heartbeat for you, where you begin to sense his presence in a whole new way had you never been broken like you are right now. Hang on to Jesus. Let him hold you. Let him put put you on his chest. Let him carry you in the season. You're doing better than you think you are. And if you don't give up, you're going to watch God get the glory in your life and, 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 and end up impacting others along the way. That's so good. There are many leaders who are discouraged. I mean, we're still in the midst of so many different things with 2020. And if you listen to this past 2020, well, you experience portions of 2020 for sure that we Mm -hmm. can all relate to. And one thing that I think about is I know that you speak a lot to youth and Josiah and I deal with a lot of um, young adults. And the one thing that I would just ask you, Micah, is Uh, What we've recognized, I should say, is the moment someone turns 18, we're like, boom, hashtag adult. You know what to do. Adulting, figure it out. Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? That's kind of like the questions the world are kind of asking, like, 
the next generation or the current generation and whatever that is and looks like. And it's a, I don't know. It just can be disheartening when you're like, okay, 18 year olds figure it out. You should have your stuff together. You should know how to do all these different things in life. And what would you say that we should know as young adult pastors, maybe our young adult listener, what do we need to know or maybe be mindful of when a new 18 year old comes into um, our ministry or their ministry and they come from a broken home, a broken background, um, have been through traumatic events. How should we approach and be mindful of those people um, when they're coming to the church for the first time or coming in through young adults? Obviously we're all broken people, but what would you say to the pastor listening today? Yeah. Number one, thank you for stepping up and pastoring young people today. I would say that, but number two, to kind of reframe your question, how do you love a broken hurting young adult who comes your way and how do you, um, how do you treat them? How do you talk to them? I would just say this. Every person wants to feel noticed. Every person wants to feel heard and valued. And when someone is broken and coming into you, their brokenness can sometimes come off of them and portray onto you or come onto you. And so I would just say this, um, love the hurting and the broken person. Sincerely, truly love them. And sometimes it might not be your words. I know as leaders and pastors, we want to have the right words to say. We want to have the right sermons to speak. We want to have the right scripture verses to show them. But what if the door that swings wide to their heart to know the truth is actually how you made them feel when they showed up broken and wounded? Sometimes presence leadership is better than your words in your leadership. And a presence-based approach where you invite them over to your house, invite them over for dinner. When I was broken and I was hurting, the most impactful people in my life were the ones who invited me to church into their home after service to go watch football and share a meal with them. Those moments were learning moments for me. I was watching how people would, how a husband would treat a wife. I was watching what a family unit looked like. I just needed at the time a safe place to go and just be heard and loved. So to every young adult pastor and leader, uh, we can be tempted to get caught up with the latest information and the latest Barna study. But I'll just say this. If you're loving people, you're doing a really good job. If you're really loving students, you're doing a really good job. And you want to know what information overload can do to a young adult pastor? It can actually create more anxiety inside of you sure. that you're missing the latest trends and the latest fads. I would say rather than emphasizing the latest fads and latest trends, although it helps us minister, rather than emphasizing that, I would just say, keep a model of, of emphasizing the one and loving the one. Yeah. I think of like information overload. You said, and my mind just went to analysis paralysis. Sometimes you get all this inundation of data or all this information and you do feel overwhelmed. You do feel anxious. And then you're trying to make a decision that used to be simple and we complicate it. That's how our minds work. And I love what you did there, Mike, as you kind of just took the, complex issue and made it practical, mm -hmm. tangible, and simple. And I remember attending a conference with you a few years back, and there was this guy from Colorado, I believe, named Pastor Derry Northup. And what you said just reminded me of what he said that I'll never forget. He said, there's two types of individuals in leadership. There's people who walk into a room and they say, here I am. And it's like this grand announcement, look at me, here I am. And the other type of approach is the one that he highly commended leaders to go for is he's like, there you are. 
look at you. Like, it's so good to see you. I, and, and that emphasizes and iterates exactly what you said about noticing people, caring for the one. Like, instead of walking in and it being about me just individualizing who can I bless? Who's in front of me? Who can I notice? Whose name can I remember? Mm-hmm. And those things are really important. And so, Micah, death to life. Uh, are you excited about this book? I am so stinking <laughs> jacked up. I'm on the adrenaline high. It launches today. I am so jacked, like super excited. I've been waiting for a long time for this moment. And so <laughs> it's available primarily through Amazon.com. Best way to get it um, yep. is it Amazon.com? Yep, just, just, yep, Amazon.com. Just search in the search engine, Death to Life. It will be the first book that pops to the top of the list. Death to Life, three words. On Amazon search engine, the book will pop right up. We're excited about that. And I would just encourage every leader, every listener, um, it's been said often that leaders are our readers and Micah, you're a great example of that. You spur me on with your book challenges and just the amount of books that you read and apply. And I would just say, man, this is something that you need and that somebody else, you know, needs. So buy a couple copies, mm-hmm. have it on your bookshelf and on your table, because God's going to put somebody in your path who needs a message of hope. We all need encouragement. And pick up a copy, order it today. It'll be here, what, in two days, prime shipping? Let's do it. Let's do it. That's right. And and we're launching today, which is Amazon Prime Day. So the traffic on Amazon is going to be huge already because Amazon's been pumping for a while that today is Prime Day. So because the traffic's already high, why don't you just go ahead, swing on by and pick up a copy? There you go, everybody. And Mike and Mac, we know that you are not only passionate on the stage, you are passionate off the stage and you love to have fun. So this is where we get to have some major fun because we have reached the point of this episode where we get to hit five in five. Five questions, five minutes, one minute each. We'll go rapid fire. How you feeling? How's is your coffee flowing through those veins yet? You got the Holy Spirit and yep. Starbucks. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Q I'm ready. are you ready? I'm if ready. you could describe yourself in three words, Mike Mac, what would they be? Passionate. This is very weird to do this, by the way. It's weird talking about yourself, but I would say passion or passionate. Um, prayerful and generous. We don't disagree with that. Wonderful. I would definitely agree. And, you know, you've been reading a lot of books. We'll talk about that in a few more questions. But it could be from scripture, from messages, from the Holy Spirit downloads. But Micah, are there any phrases that you live by, quotes that you hold on to, or just words that are really significant to you in the process of life, leadership, and ministry? Yeah. Yeah, I would say a phrase that keeps running over and over my mind in this season, and I can't forget it is not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. That one statement right there, a statement from scripture, is a statement that's on repeat in my head. And always giving glory to the Lord, always letting it be about his glory. And um, it's definitely a driving word, a driving statement, and a driving theme that's leading me in my life right now. That is fantastic. All right, here's a curveball, Micah. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question, what would you ask us today? 
I love that. I love that you asked that. Um, and just to clarify, we did not talk about this, correct? Correct. We haven't talked about this, like, so which means you have no idea what, which means you have no idea what question I'm going to ask you, right? Right. Yes, There's two curveballs. We get one, you get one. <laughs> this keeps us on our toes. Okay. okay. So here we go. So here we go. Josiah and Micah, you guys are always giving, uh, so others. Uh, can feel supported, lifted up, encouraged, equipped, whether it's your podcast, the ministry you lead. So I just have one simple question for you. How can the listeners of this podcast near and far around the world, how can they best bless you and your family? Oh man, that's a hard question. I mean, that's a deep question. You go first, just oh, smiling. Oh, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm smiling <laughs> because I'm like, man, we definitely didn't know that one was coming. You know, my cat, I think that we have been so blessed with an opportunity to know God, mm -hmm. to know each other, um, to be known by God, to make his name known, and just to be an encouragement to leaders who need it. And so I would say, like, just the fact that somebody's listening to this podcast is a blessing to know that the time, the prayers, the energy behind the scenes that we put into it, we figured if, if this blessed one person it was worth it. And I, I am speechless as it comes to, um, we want to add value to people's lives, people's ministries. Um, when it comes to us, I'd say, man, you can always pray for Mike and I with our, our marriage, our family, our daughter, Aurora, our mm -hmm. ministry, and um, really speechless. Now, I haven't been speechless on the show before, but maybe my wife who's led by the spirit can... Well yeah. I, I intentionally I, I intentionally asked this question because you guys who you guys are as a couple is encouragement you're encouragers to people you're encouragers in people's dreams and things God puts in their heart but sometimes people want to know how they can bless you so it's why I asked that so that was intentional <laughs> so good I think definitely what Josiah said prayer I believe that prayer is a weapon and I just yeah, I just really, I feel like one thing that God laid on my heart this week, and I don't even know if it's actually related to the question, but it's, there's many things that we like to worry about as humans and as people. And he finally asked, he's like, are you worrying or are you going to walk out in the warrior that I've created you to be? So from the big things to the small things, I just feel like, hey, you guys can just pray for us in whatever capacity that God would lay in your heart. And another thing I've been laying on my heart for three years now, this is a third year is to be a person that lives out in a heaven-minded urgency Amen. that I do not want to take my eyes off God and I don't want to um, neglect the um, opportunity to steward what God has asked us to do and given us as individuals, whether it's Josiah and myself or us as um, individuals or as a couple. So I would just say that is huge. Um, yeah, I don't even, I'm, I guess I'm, maybe I'm speechless too. I think prayer is probably the biggest thing that we could probably pray for. And I, I was, I was supposed to only, I was supposed to only ask one question, but if someone wanted to financially support you, how do they financially support you or send a gift? Yeah. I think that with ministry, you could always do that through our Instagram. We have like a little link tree on there. One of mm -hmm. them on my Instagram, I know there's a link to our giving site, but you can send us a DM we're accessible people. So, um, through email, through, um, a message, we can, we can get that to a link to whoever would want to want to do that. I'm going to add to that weird thing just because we've been praying about this and I don't expect this. I'm just praying for a van because we, uh, I've been praying into the future. 
would love our family to grow, but also need to kind of steward um, students and give them rides because we are at a two-year school. Many of them don't drive, can't drive, live at home, or just don't have a vehicle, but maybe do have their license. To be able to add three, four more people to a vehicle would be a complete blessing in addition to obviously just sign myself being there. Um, but that's just one of my prayer requests. If there was ever a van that would just show up in our driveway that got us from point A to point B that was safe and secure, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. <laughs> In the words of your dad. That's, 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 the, that's, that's the answer I was looking for. I was looking for those kinds of answers right there. That's what I really wanted. So thank you for sharing. Well, oh, Micah, you um, are one of our, man, biggest cheerleaders, encouragers, friends. I look at just, man, you've been through thick and thin with me in my life, um, broken moments, mountaintop moments, and everything in between. And like, you're a friend whose iron sharpens iron mm -hmm. to me. And I know that my wife is one who encourages me to spend time with you, encourages it because she sees how much it encourages me and blesses me and how much fun we have. Those are bro trips. That's why those bro trips. Did yes. yes. <laughs> and with that, one of the things that um, you've really championed is just your spiritual growth and your personal growth. And I think of the young adult ministry leader who's wanting to go to the next level with Christ, with their calling, with their career, with everything. And can you just talk, this is question four back to you. Can you just talk about like your personal growth plan? Um, and, and what does that look like each year? Yeah. So I'll do this as quickly as I can one minute or less. Essentially uh, every year I do a personal growth plan and here are the key ingredients you need to grow into who God's calling you to become. Number one, you need to write down a list of things you want to grow in and put clear objectives on what you want to grow in for that year. After you write down your clear objectives, I'll just tell you mine really quick. I wanted to read 40 books this year. I wanted to write one book, an author one book this year. If I could do two books, that would be amazing. I wanted to listen to 102 podcasts this year. Um, and I had some other things on there. And then I sent, once you have clear objectives on how you want to grow, then text people that you revere and you respect and say, I'm going to send you a quarterly update on where I'm at for my goals, my clear objectives that I want to do. So you can help me stay accountable to where I'm at and what I'm doing. And so every quarter I send my group of guys a text on where I'm at. And um, it literally has changed my life. And I don't view it as self-promotion or any of those kinds of things. I view it how Paul sees it. Paul says, um, I train my body and I train myself to win a prize, a prize that won't fade away. I train myself for godliness. You can't, you can't drift your way into growing into the man and woman he's called you to be. You have to be intentional about setting a growth plan and growing the way Christ wants you to grow. And so that's what I've done for the last couple of years, and it has changed my life. That is so good. Great challenge for all of our listeners. Micah, this is our last and final question. If you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with today? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and find a prayer room you can go to every day and get alone with him because your best ideas are going to come from your time with him. We like to think that it's what I intake or what I read or what I study or who I hang around. 
my best ideas have always flowed from a prayer room and spending time with Jesus. If you fail at everything else in your life, don't fail at getting alone with Jesus. That will sustain you. That will stretch you. That will grow you. That is where the power is in your ministry. That is where your source of life comes from. So I would steer every young adult pastor and ministry leader to find that time every day to be with Jesus. So good. Let's be people who do that, who live that out, who put together a prayer plan, a growth plan. Mm -hmm. And Micah Mack, thank you so much for spending part of your day today with us for the great conversation. Thank you guys. Love you guys so much. And this literally means the world to our family. So thank you again. We're really excited. And um, thanks again, Micah Mack. And you can find out more about Pastor Micah McDonald, Mack Ministries, and his brand new book, Death to Life, when you connect with us on our website at Young Adults Today, as well as on social media platforms. We'll post the show notes and the links to that book is at youngadults.today. Until That's next right. time, Woo. this is Micah, Josiah, and Micah signing off. <laughs> <laughs>